on with the show. here with a very special guest the most accomplished person we've had a lot of people on the show but we never had a person who sold over seven million copies when platinum multiple times with an album 
you guys, I'm, I'm telling you, this song right here, and, and I'm glad I got this man on the show because I got a big beef with him because he's recently been in the most popular commercial, the only highlight of the Super Bowl. Won't there it is himself, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. DC Glenn is on the show today. How you doing, my man? I am feeling great. Just got back from the gym. Busted it out real quick because if I didn't go when I went, I was not going to go today. And that's how it has to work. <laughs> well, I'm glad you know. Hey, 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 I'm happy now. I'm good. I'm ready to, I'm ready to talk to the people, which I want to know. Listen, man, I, before we get started here, I got a big beef with you because that commercial, I, my wife is not very coordinated. She's not a good dancer. She's not a good singer. But she would not shut up with that song. And I'm telling you, man, you 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 were haunting me for about two weeks after that commercial aired for the first time. My daughter's yeah. dancing to it. Yeah, yeah. And I, it is just a remarkable blessing because the timing couldn't have been perfect. Because everybody wanted something good to happen. You know what I mean? This last year, you just wanted something good to happen. Something that was organic and authentic. It wasn't manufactured or tried. You know what I mean? It wasn't false. And people don't even know why it makes them feel good. But if it makes them feel good, it doesn't matter. And, you know, it can make them feel good because it makes their kids feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. And to see your kids happy and love something that much or to see your parents happy or to see your grandparents vibing to it or a little baby that can't even walk or the dog yelping to it. Like there's a video of a dog laying on the couch, his back is to the TV and that commercial comes on. And I swear to you, he is trying to talk. It is the most, it is the most amazing, unnerving thing I've ever seen because the dog is really trying to talk. And it's just crazy how little kids and babies, I don't even know how, I don't even know how that would even happen from just the physics standpoint with the human body where you hear something and it just makes you do what these little babies are doing, right? Mm-hmm. It just blows me away, man. And I am forever grateful. And I feel good because, you know, my, I prepared for that commercial. It wasn't like I just showed up and did a commercial. I'm an actor, so I prepared for that, and I knew what I had. I said, "Look, that's that's the mountaintop Geico commercial, you mm-hmm. know. It, uh, that doesn't happen to everybody. No. And if our if our career ended right now, we had the perfect career. Started strong, ended strong. So I'm happy, man. And I'm just, you know, I've got a lot of wisdom. I've been doing this for years. I've never stopped, and it's just." I'm having, I'm just in a good place. I'm having a ball and just enjoying it. Now, how did that come about? I mean, like you're just sitting at home hanging out one day and it's like, you know, it's See, like a phone call or like how, how did the Super Bowl thing happen? Okay. So there's so many layers to it, right? Mm-hmm. Because it really starts in 2011, right? When uh, Gawker had wrote an article that Barack Obama was in our video, our music video, Right. And the whole world went crazy because they were trying to find anything negative on Obama. Mm-hmm. And I was working at the club. I was DJing at the club. I've been DJing the clubs for 30 years. And I'm at the club. And they come get me. It's like, there's a reporter that wants to talk to you on the phone. I was like, take a message. I'll get back to him. It's like, no, they really want to talk to you. And I was like, Ugh. I went there. And I was like, she's like, I need to talk to you. I'm such, such from the New York Times. I was like, look, I'm working. The record's about to go off. 
just call this number in the morning and we'll talk. And it was a reporter from the New York Times. And she, you know, gave me the scoop. And I was like, I was like, so how did you find me? She's like, I could not find you. But luckily I was tenacious enough to just, you know, I read a post that you were going to be at the club. So I called that club and it was like, you work there. Like she, she had to go through some lengths to find me. And I realized that we missed out on a lot of money because we didn't have a web presence. We didn't, you know what I mean? You know, it, it just, you know, it was the beginning kind of a, of social media, MySpace had faded. And then here comes YouTube, Twitter and all that. We're doing that, but that kind of took the place of a website. So people don't do websites that they, they concentrate on social media. And it hurt me because we could have made a lot of money. And I was like, that'll never happen again. Right. So I dedicated my life to learning SEO, search engine optimization, learning how to build websites, knowing how Google works, knowing how Twitter works, knowing how the whole universe of social media and the Internet works. And I got, you know, while I'm in the club, I'm practicing on the club, making their websites and doing their web stuff and practicing SEO and trying to figure it out. And it took me it's taken me 10 years and it took me, you know, about 2016, I launched tag team back again right and it just was doing nothing right people still couldn't find me and then as i you know slowly 2017 you type in tag team everything is wrestling right (laughs) but i kept getting better and better and better you type in tag team today everything is tag team right so all the things that i did which is a master class in itself led me to that and Geico called my tag team phone because I have a tag team phone that people can call on the website, leave a message, or I might answer sometimes. And Geico called. And then they couldn't get a hold of me, but because I'm an actor and I do all these things and have all these profiles all over the internet and make sure that I can be found, they called my agent. And my agent called me and was like, hey, Geico wants to book you. You booked a Geico commercial. And I'm like, I didn't even audition for a Geico commercial. And I was like, wait a minute. This is a tag team, right? Like, I'm like, this is a tag team situation. And I was like, I got it from here. But then I was like, no, 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 no. Bring your agent in and let them make the deal, right? Let let them break bread with the people who working for you, right? Because they're busting their butt to get me acting roles and whatnot and voiceover and all that. Let them work this deal because it's all in the same lane. They do deals before commercials and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I let them work the deal and it was a full agency effort and we got with the Martin agency and then got with Geico and solidified the terms and then got to work. And everybody was like, are you excited? Weren't you excited? And I was like, I was excited for the first two days, but then it was time to go to work. Because I knew that I had an opportunity to change my life forever, right? And to solidify myself in the music, you know, in the history of recorded music like nobody else has ever done, right? And, you know, first everybody's like kind of sad because they're like, well, we can't go do shows. And I'm like, we weren't going to be able to do shows anyway for two years, but I'm going to be damned if I'm going to sit here. And just be happy I got a Geico commercial. So I said, I'm going to take these lemons and I'm going to make me a lemonade corporation that franchises, right? And I'm not not a lemonade stand, a lemonade corporation that franchises. And I'm going to make this thing grow. 
And I started preparing as an actor. And I said, I want to go into this with five or six things in the hole, because that's how I prepare for a commercial audition. And that's where the spinning scoop came from. That's where the sprinkles came from. All these were hashed out. And we had a um, wardrobe meeting and a production meeting the night before. And I told the director, I was like, I got a couple ideas, man. He's like, man, DC, whatever you want to do, we can do. Right? Because they were just so open. They were just so happy that we were even doing it. And I said, well, I was trying to make this spin and scoop, and I couldn't find a, a fabricator to do it. And he was like, don't worry, it'll be done tomorrow. I was like, whoa. And I was like, I want to do this thing with the sprinkles, you know, the old to LeBron James at the at the scores <laughs> table. I want to do the salt bay with the sprinkles. I mean, I, we, I had a little dance that everybody knows in the South. And I wanted kids to see that the sprinkles were for the kids because kids love sprinkles. And I wanted kids to see that and say, Mama, I want to party like that. And I guarantee you this summer, every kid is going to want an ice cream party. Mm-hmm. Period. The ice. Hey, watch. Watch what I do. And, you know, we shot it all day in COVID. And every, the protocol, we took like 100 tests. <laughs> and, and it was just testing, testing, testing. We shot it. And the other actors who were, who were in it, they all vibed with us. And we just had a ball the whole day. And we just acting silly and having fun. And it was a party. And I knew that it was going to be big just from the fact that the, the, the work that I put into it, right? Now, you know, it wasn't that hard to do. But the fact that I did it anyway and really took it serious, it shows. And the things that I put together and the things that everybody, you know, the other actors put together because they're in an improv troupe. So improv, you got to say yes. You got to be like, okay, let me try this. Let me try this. Okay, yes, 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 yes. And you have a combination of things coming together to where the director had so much to use. He made a classic commercial. Because and it's like, what are you going to bring to the party, right? You get invited to a party. My acting coach told me this, uh, Crystal Carson. He said, this is, this is the most important thing for you to understand as actor anything that you do in life that you want a return on you get invited to a party or somebody invites you to a party what are you going to bring you know some people going to bring cheese and crackers some people's going to bring a bottle of wine some people might bring a casserole what are you bringing to the party i'm like not me i'm i'm bringing the dj and i'm going to be the dj i'm bringing the jungle gym bouncing balls and all that for the kids i'm bringing an ice sculpture right yep. <laughs> i'm bringing omelet pans we're gonna have brunch we're gonna have mimosas and you're gonna remember me at that party mm-hmm. and that's what is that's what i bring to everything that i do you're gonna remember me i promise you and that is the essence of that geico commercial and when it dropped on christmas uh at midnight, Christmas night at midnight, which is the day after, mm. my phone has not has not stopped buzzing since. Bzz, bzz, bzz. And the reason and I told my brother, I said this will be so much bigger than Womp. There it is because Womp. There it is was gradual. There was no internet. It was records, right? Oh, still, oh. you know what I mean. It was vinyl. It was cassettes. <laughs> it was CDs. But it, and we had to. Everything took time. Right. Mm-hmm. And it took a little longer. I said, this is everybody seeing who tag team is 
simultaneously. And I knew it would be big because it's not just the generation who grew up on it. It's every generation after it because of all, because of the longevity of the record, right? Like from 95 to like 2002, it was big because we did Mickey Unwrapped with Disney. So all the little kids all over the world had that, that CD and were listening to it and wearing it out. They knew who weren't there. They knew who we were. Mm-hmm. Then, like 2003, 2004, here comes Kids Bop. Yep. Kids Bop gets distributed to all the schools all in America and pre, uh, preschools and kindergarten, you know, one for kindergarten, first grade. Then they have little dances to it. It's almost like uh, jock jams, but for kids. Yep. And every Friday, the kids are doing the dance, their, their favorite dances. Whoop, there it is. YouTube is full of videos with Kids Bop stuff. Mm hmm. And it blows me away. And I'm like, and then after Kids Bop, it was like an extension of Go Noodle. So all the the whole 28 years that this song has been in existence, babies have been learning about it and growing up on it in different forms as it go. You got Elf, right? Everybody loves Elf. So now every year, you're reminded that Womp There It Is is a massive record. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Every two, two years, you're reminded because it, it's in a commercial. But this time is the first time we've been in a commercial. And I can tell you, the resp- it, it, I can't even say it's a response. I can say it, it is, this is something bigger than, it, this is bigger than any of it. Mm-hmm. I can't even explain it. Like, mm-hmm. I monitor the internet every day because I'm an I'm a inter- SEO dude. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at, I know, you know, I know how to aggregate and look at and gather all this data. And see what it's doing. Plus, I have meetings with Nielsen, iSpot TV, so I can learn what my value add is, right? My value proposition, because I want to know what I what I bring to bring to the table. And if I do the numbers that I'm doing now, the next deal, I'm like, well, you only guys got only got one record and got one commercial. I was like, look, this is what Nielsen said. This is what iSpot TV said. This is the data. Pay me. Exactly. You see you what I'm saying? Go- you, but you that's part of, that's part of the restructuring of your mindset and not just being happy you got a Geico commercial, but let's get let's figure out how I can make this work for me, right? Uh, how I can take my acting and blow it up, how I can take my uh voiceover and blow it up, mm-hmm. how I can make, you know, websites for other actors because you type in DC Glenn, you're gonna see everything I do, right? And that is the most important thing. And if you can't be found, nobody's going to be looking for you, <laughs> right? You got that right. <laughs> right? So, that right. Oh, yeah. so even if even if they just like, damn, I love that commercial. And they type in scoop, there it is. It all comes back to me. Mm-hmm. It goes to Geico, it comes to me, and that's it. And then they get to they get to going down the rabbit hole with me. And now all the five hundred podcasts I've done during the pandemic up to now are all being aggregated to YouTube. So they know my narrative, and this is how you impose your will upon people. You throw that, you, you know, like if I should happen to ever be blessed enough to do, you know, the holy grail of podcast, Joe Rogan, mm. I'm hollering at John Favreau and Dave Leone, and like y'all need, y'all need to fuck with me. I I put me in your next Star Wars animated series or your next Star Wars live action. Mm-hmm. You know, I live in Atlanta. They shoot all the Marvel stuff down here. I told my <laughs> agents, hey. Because they asked me, my agent said, what do you want to do? 
And I was like, y'all do a good job for me. I mean, we do we do well. And it's like, no, what do you want to do? And I was like, look, I'm so happy with y'all. I'm, I'm gracious. I'm humble. Thank you. They're like, DC, what is your bucket list? And I'm like, oh, bucket list. All right. Now we're talking. And that's that's one of my bucket lists, right? I want to be in big movies with little parts. Give me five lines with The Rock. I'm happy, right? I don't have to be in a whole movie. Give me five lines with The Rock, and I'm happy. Just let me be the dude that punt that. that yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give, give me, give me. I don't care, right? Because I know I'm an actor. I know I'm good, and I know I'm worthy of doing everything I want to do. But you got to crawl before you walk. I've only been acting for three years, right? So back to the, back to the, and and this, you know, we shot November 9th. and. I focus on this because from September to now has been one of the most, the most incredible journey of my life from a growth intellectual standpoint. Right. Because I knew I was going to go hard. Right. I was like, okay, first thing I do put together a press release. It's time to press release. There's every time you, you had an opportunity to put together a press release because press releases depend on what you, what you got to say. Right. It's not about if it's well-written or this or that. It's about when you drop it, what are you saying? And is it relevant for the time of that day? And you know what I mean? All of the above. So I, and then I was like, I need a publicist. Right. And the publicist, I, by ages, we, we talked, we looked at a whole bunch of publicists and they were like, well, it's a pandemic and we haven't been working and we don't kind of know how to do a Geico commercial. I was like, peace. Thank you. Thank you for not spending my money and just taking my money and spending it. Right. And I was like, but I'm not going to stop. And when and this has been one of my keys to success overall throughout my life is that when I hit a brick wall as far as intellect and learning what to do, I join either organization or society. Right. Like when we really wanted to start doing shows, booking agents were just like, well, you only got one record. You know, we I'll try to get you some shows, but everybody was just giving me the runaround. And I went and joined an organization called Inter- you know, International Buyers, no, International Entertainment Buyers Association, IEBA. This is the association where everybody who buys the entertainment, that's where they live. They buy the entertainment. That's that's layer one. Then you then they find the venues, which is the stadiums, the auditoriums, the arenas, the clubs, the hard rock cafes, the restaurants, the casinos. Mm-hmm. Then you got the next level, which is your live nations and your your big boy promoters, right? Then under that, you got your regular, your mom and pop booking agents who just try to get people money so they get the 10%. You got the managers who are trying to get to the uh, higher ups, and then you got the artists. And I circumvented all that and went straight to the buyers. And I introduced myself, DC's Brain Supreme. You might have heard of my record, Woomp, there it is. Uh, we're a clean 90s nostalgia rap act. And the fact that I said clean, I saw the ears perk up because those buyers don't mess with rap because, you know, just the, 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 the stigma. Right. Yep. And, you know, they don't they, they're not outright just wear it on their sleeve. But I've talked to enough of them where they're like, man, it's just it's just hard to do that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, venues don't want to give you they make you get way more insurance than you need. Yep. All these things that make it difficult to do that. And when I say clean now. I got the ice capades want to do something. All the casinos, all the rodeos, state fairs, all the con- all the conventions, all the corporate gigs, all the charity events, all the places that 
a clean rapper can go, yeah. right? Which is anywhere in the world. And we started getting shows. We were doing 20, 30 shows a year. I don't have to do 100 shows a year. 20, 30 shows is good. Because I can go have fun on a weekend and come right back, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and keep Makes running. Sense. And go back to class and, and learn how to act, right? Yep. And I did the same thing with this. The, P, the PR, the uh, public relations people were like, and I was like, okay. And I went and joined the Public Relations Society of America, PRSA. Two days in, I paid 20 bucks to get on this Zoom call with all their professionals because every organization is full of professionals that have been in the game 10, 20, 30 years that are willing to help everybody come up. They provide jobs, resources, the whole nine. That's what an organization does, right? And I get on the Zoom with the CEO of a PR firm, and I was like, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, let me raise my hand. Raise my hand. It's like, are PR, uh, PR... are PR release, uh, press releases relevant today? And she was like, well, what's it for? And I was like, well, I'm kind of featured in a national Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. And I'm looking at the chat, right? And the chat's like, wait a minute. Is it... Oh, my God. I love that. Bre- I love my kids love that. Oh, my God. My dog loves that. Chat just blew up, right? And the moderator's looking is like, what the hell's what? And she's like, DC's new to the to the organization. We'd like to welcome you, DC. And we're gonna talk about that Geico commercial after 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 the podcast. I mean, after the meeting. Mm-hmm. And the moderator went to the guest and was like, So our press release is relevant this day. She was like, Heck yeah, if you got a Geico commercial, right? And she was like, especially now because everybody has used up all their content and all the content for the last year has been negative. It's been there's been no just good positive story it's just get it's just all negativity and everybody fighting in each other's throats mm-hmm. and covid and this and that and for you to have a, a a positive story it will work and then they were like and you also want to go to this site for this go to the site for that go to the site to get in front of journalists do your pitches like this do this do that do that they gave me the game in 10 minutes and mm. I have not looked back me and you are talking today because of that experience mm. and that was two months ago that was the that was the Thursday no 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 the Wednesday before the Super Bowl and the next day I dropped the press release on a Thursday dropped it early Thursday boom it hits the wire 300 people pick it up 300 entities pick it up automatically. The dang Dan Patrick show calls the Martin Ages like, we want them tomorrow. I was like, well, can we do it after this? No, we want it before the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And that next morning, we're on the Dan Patrick show. I saw it was a great interview. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Great, we're we're having fun, you know, and mm-hmm. that came from my hustle. So don't let anybody tell you what you can and cannot do. Period. Right. You can't do that. You, you you have to keep fighting. And there is no quit pro quo or I do this and this is supposed to happen. And if it don't, I quit. You yep. just keep pressing. You stay on offense. You keep driving yep. because you do you, you throw it in the universe and you let it come back. If you if you plant a seed. Are you sitting there looking at the seed? OK, it's going to it's going to grow. Yet? You plant that seed. You water it from time to time and you just you just let it go. 
Yep. And then eventually nature takes care of it. And you don't have to walk, <laughs> right? And, you know, all these seeds I've laid throughout my life and my existence, you know, I'd never look back like, okay, if I did this, I, I don't consider them as failures. I consider them as seeds that were being laid because I came back to everyone and watered it a little bit, changed the dirt. Maybe gave us some different sunlight, gave us some different food, readjusted, right? And now, all the seeds that I planted, I'm standing in a forest. I, I, I would say so. Now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, you did mention bucket list before. Now, your life is basically like any normal human being's bucket list to have a hit album. That that's that's why I was telling them I'm not crazy. I'm good. But I, that's just me being humble, right? Yeah. It's okay to want other things. And that changed me because that was once I started thinking about what it is that you want out of life. The one thing I want out of life is not to leave this earth wishing I had learned how to do something. Wishing I had, man, I wish I had did this or wish I had did that. I've done pretty much everything, but I don't want to leave this earth wishing that I had a got been, you know, been, been better at music production or been better at this or been better at that. So that's mm -hmm. why I train. I'm, I got five tutors right now. I tutor every day because what happened, this is, this is how this is, this, you know, and, and I want to go back to the beginning of the pandemic because it brings me back to our sure. point. The beginning of the pandemic, we were all thinking it was about to be, you know, the zombie apocalypse and, we was about to be in The Walking Dead. Can't nobody tell me that they didn't think that. I don't care what oh, oh, everybody. Thought. I mean, like, it's happened, it like, was people dropping in the streets over in yeah, China. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody thought that. I, um, it was the best thing that happened to me because everybody had to stop at the same time and reevaluate their lives. Like everybody, you know how people are like, man, I be hustling. I'm hustling. Yeah. I'm a hustler, and it's like we all do that. And sometimes you look up and you're like, you're driving, you're driving that beautiful car and you hustling and revving the engine. And you look outside and like, wait a minute, I ain't going nowhere because mm -hmm. you're stuck in mud. You're spinning yep. your wheels. Right. And I, the one question I asked myself, I was like, what the hell are you going to do? And I start going through, we can't do shows. All right. I'm not about to go get a job. I got enough money, but. I can't just not do nothing. What am I going to do? What can I do to what am I going to do that if everything hits the fan, I can still make a little money? Mm -hmm. This, yep. this microphone. And I've been training for voiceover for 10 years. Right. And every every class I take, I record and I've got them all archived and everything. And I went back to 2009 and dust you know dusted off those files pulled them out the cloud and started and listened to the first ever voiceover commercial voiceover class i took with joan baker and rudy gaskins they're like they they run the biggest uh organization in voiceover called sovas right and it was heartbreaking because i had to listen to myself 10 years ago mm. i had to listen to myself talk i had to listen to how i thought how i how i handled people how i you know tried to uh bullshit my way through conversations mm -hmm. how just i just i it was heartbreaking and 
hearing the first spot I ever did, the first script I ever read, and how horrible it was, and and remembering that I walked in like I'm DC Brands Prime, I could do anything. I whoop there it is my way through this shit, right? And I was so disappointed that I didn't even want to accept it. I started blaming the coaches. I was like, they ain't look. Then I just started running, you know, just jumping them coach to coach to coach, thinking that it's the coach's fault. Why am I not getting this? Why am I not getting this? Right? Mm-hmm. And you know, eventually I started booking. I was working, worked for Apple Radio. I've been able. To, I've been doing radio spots for clubs forever, right? Yep. But that's different, right? Radio spots and rapping is different than you know Wednesday night on NBC. That's it's different than that, right? You have to, and the cast that have been doing it have been doing it for 30 years, right? So when I went back, I heard that first spot and I said, oh my God, I got to do that over. And I listened to their notes and listened to them teach me and took notes. And I got notes for every class. And when I said it, when I, when I did that voiceover, it was angelic. Because that was the first time I had had mastery over my voice. And I went through 42-hour sessions every day during the beginning of the pandemic and went from a good voiceover artist to ready. And I started booking because everything was, you know, in this time of COVID, we're all in this together. You know, I mean, every, every, yes. everyone was exactly the same. Yep. You know what I mean? You know, you just just wear your mask and everything's going to be OK. There'll be brighter days. Right. Like yeah. it was, every, everyone was like that. And that's up my lane. Right. I know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And man, let me tell you, it changed my life because I started acting in 2017 and taking acting classes. So I realized what was the problem. The problem was I didn't understand the language. See, actors and acting and voiceover and any artful thing like that, there's a language that the people speak, just like in finance. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a licensed commodities broker, right? Because okay. I took my Series 3 back in like 2002 because I thought I was going to be the next, you know, Warren Buffett, right? That's that's the one, that's another way I learned how hedge funds work because when I want to learn something, I go to people and pretend like I went to to all these hedge fund managers and pretend like I have I want to do a hedge fund. You need to let me do your hedge fund. I'm DC from Tag Team. I can get you everybody. I can get you Jordan. I can get you this. I can get you this person. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why should I let? Why should I use your services over the, your competitor, right? Yep. And then they're like, no, you need to use us because. And then this is the classic thing that I do. You make them pitch you, but at the same time they're teaching you. Oh, okay. okay. Teaching you the game. And yeah. you ask the questions. Well, if that's this, well, why is this that? Well, if we do because this is this and this is that, boom, boom, boom. And the whole time I've got it all, right? And now I know. And mm. if you go through enough of those companies, you'll know the whole game. And then I got my Series 3 license. And I realized that it wasn't for me because it's basically intellectual gambling. And I'm terrible at gambling. And I just went another route and just found a good financial planner and just did it the old fashioned way. Just throw a little bit away and let it accrue and let it compound. And now I've always been, I've always been straight. You know, I I learned you you fill up a bunch of little buckets, got IRAs, SEP IRAs, mutual funds, all kinds of things that you can do. And you just fill up those buckets. Even with court, think about it. If you got a piggy bank, 
it seems like it takes a long time for that piggy bank to fill, but it it, it fills up, doesn't it? Oh, of course. Right, and if that, it, 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 yeah, it just think when that piggy bank fills up, that piggy bank hmm. turns into a half a piggy bank. That turns into a whole piggy bank, but then comes back as a half a penny bank, but then turns into three piggy banks. And it seemed like it took a long time, mm-hmm. but it did. And then now you're looking at 10 piggy banks all because you started one. Right. Exactly. exactly. That's, the, that's, that's how I explain it to people. And that's what I did. So the more buckets you have and the more little things that you put in them, you don't you don't miss that money because it's small. It's, they're small contributions. Right. Yeah. So you got it for a rainy day. So. When I do that, you know, that that leads me to um, back. to What was the original question? I got off track, man. Oh, yeah. Go, about, about voiceover in the pandemic. Right. Yeah. So. Now I'm humming. Now I'm going through every script, redoing them. I'm looking at the notes. I know what my flaws, my weaknesses are. I'm strengthening my weaknesses. I'm working out. And to keep my sanity, I get up every day at about five o'clock, go to a parking lot at the grocery store, got all my weights in my truck and just work out the parking lot in the fresh air. Mm. Get that over with. Come back. I'm I'm good for the rest of the day. I don't got to go nowhere. And I'm out in nature and having fun, doing my thing while everybody else is asleep, just getting up because there wasn't nobody going to work. So it was like, it was almost, that was the best, last year was the best spring ever because there was no pollen, it was no smog, it was no, there were no no physical reactions from society plundering the earth, right? Mm. That's how I like to explain it. But it, it was so true because it was cool, it was crisp, the sun was shining, but it wasn't hot. Usually in Atlanta, man, that sun come out, it'd be humid Jesus. as heck. Man. Yeah, yeah, so oh, yeah. fast forward to April. My acting coach calls me. He's like, what are you doing? I got a, I got a movie for you in Nebraska. I was like, word, okay. I get there. And Nebraska, one of those states that didn't, sh- didn't want to shut down, right? And they're like, Hollywood, y'all can come up here and shoot. So we went up there and we shot a movie in the middle of a cornfield the week George Floyd got killed, Ooh. right? So I'm in this peaceful, this blissful atmosphere while the world is burning around me, right? And... Mm-hmm. We're all just tripping, looking. Everybody's looking at the phones like, what the heck is going on? And then, you know, everybody's from L.A., so they're like, that's by my house. And everybody's kind of worried and concerned. I'm looking, I'm like, that's by my house, right? And, but it was a beautiful experience. We shot it, and it was beautiful because it was it's called My Corona. And they did a documentary about shooting in, shooting a movie in Corona. So you can work two things at one time. Mm-hmm. And that was back in April. So they're, they're, you know, they're about to do cans, the whole thing. So that's my first movie, man. Right. That's my oh. first movie. Yep. And then I get another opportunity for a movie two months later. And I go shoot that in the middle of Georgia called the mediator. Right. Yep. Then I booked a Tyler Perry for voice. You know, I'm the man in the TV. And then here come Geico. Best, best, one of the best years of my life, man. And it's all because of preparation. It's all because I reinvented myself, reinvented my mindset. Like, I don't give, I don't care. I, mm. I just go. I, yeah. I, I work, I work hard, man. Like I told you, man, this is the third podcast I've done today on a yeah. Sunday, but a Sunday, but, but I, but the first guy was, in, the first guy was in Scotland. Oh my goodness. He must have had a great accent. You feel? Yeah, because I was like, "Hey, man, I gotta ask you, what 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 part? Or are, are are you? What part of you? I said, what part of UK are you from? I don't want to say, are you Irish?" And he's 
Scottish, and it, right, exactly. it just would have just yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I how that goes. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. <laughs> That's like, are you Chinese or Korean, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do that. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I know those nuances. So it's like, um, it it leads me to right now. Now, basically, I have, basically, I am my own PR firm. Yeah. Because I'm my own PR firm. After I dropped that press release, Dan Patrick, and then. A week and a half later, here comes Tamron Hall, ABC. These are these are these are national networks, right? Mm-hmm. ABC. Then three days ago, ESPN just did ESPN. Now I got Ellen lined up. Good Morning America. I can do anything I want to. I just can't get to it yet, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, it, it is going down, and the way Tamron shaped it was a story of redemption and. You're never too old. And she just she was so professional. It, it, it blew me away. And I knew she was professional. But when you see somebody that's masterful yeah. in what they do, it just changes yeah. you. It does. She was masterful, right? Because she create she she let us she was like a pillow of feathers that just carried us through the whole interview and created the narrative like a mother would, like just somebody that understands what you're trying to do. Yeah. Right. And she's like, it's just great that you're making the transition from act, you know, rapping to acting and voiceover. And it's like, that's what the world needs to hear. Right. That's how you, you create your own narrative. And all the seeds that I laid have started our, 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 our trees now, and I'm still laying more seeds, right? Like a uh, perfect example. Uh, you know, Nikki Looper and um you know when they have those exposés on artists like Kim Kardashian. How does oh, she really feel? Those like Nikki Looper and Nikki Swift and yeah, Looper and Nikki Swift, right? Yep. Well, the key to having anything good when it comes to content and the internet is making sure that every entity that has information about you has the correct information. Absolutely. So two, three years ago, I had to learn how to edit Wikipedia pages. I had to understand the whole infrastructure of Wikipedia. Yeah. And I had a good I had a good coach, right? I had a good I had a person who was an editor, but she taught me. Like I it's like I don't want to don't want the services. I need you to teach me, right? Mm-hmm. And she taught me. <clears throat> now every when they did we they did a looper on us. And I was so satisfied because all the information was correct and it was the narrative that was true and what I wanted. Yeah. Right. And when you when people see you in the light that you want to be seen as, it's incredible. Like this tag team is not an unsung story. Right? This is not a it's not one of those stories. This is a we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. But if you want it to be a redemption story, I play along. You know what I mean? Because there is redemption because we were in a 20 year lawsuit. Right now, I could have let that make me bitter and all this and all that. But I was like, but I don't care if I got, I'm got. i in a 20 year lawsuit. I don't care if we don't get the royalties we're supposed to get because I still got a hit record yeah. that lasts forever. That right? So it's no, up to me. It's all. up to me to work around those issues and still get my money because I get a royalty check. And after twenty, after that twenty-year lawsuit, we did prevail. But it's like you go to war, you fight hard, but you might come back, you lost a leg, lost an arm, you got an eye patch, can't hear. 
Mm. You're still living. So exactly. it's up to you. It's up to you what you make out of your life. Right. Mm. And I have always fought and, and moved forward. I basically became a paralegal because I got I have all the paperwork for the last since we started because I gathered it because I knew our day was going to come. And if you don't have the paperwork and you don't and you can't create your own narrative. So when the judge hears all the arguments and he's feeling you and they're like, hey, we we're, we we rule in your favor. But since you didn't put in no money, you still got to pay back. We, the song has to pay back the legal fees. Right. And that's that's fair. But at least the snakes that were trying to take everything we had got everything taken from them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's because of hustle. And that's because of intellect and 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 not giving up and you know not being bitter and not letting things rule you. And over these years, I've acquired the ability to take any negative emotion, hate, yeah. uh, sadness, despair. Uh, damn they're going crazy just all these things that make us humans I just put it in my pocket because mm-hmm. that's my fuel yeah. I choose to use it as fuel it makes me I get mad it hurts I feel it in my gut but I'm not reacting yep. I'm just holding it in oh I got an audition today let me let this out in a way that can make me some yeah. money Right, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Let me let me get up back or feel you, like you said. Let me it. Get up and back. prove. Let me get up and be pissed off, mm-hmm. and go over here in this computer room and prove these people wrong who didn't believe in me, who doubted me. Let me use the sadness to get the role that I really want and be present and be that character. Let me use this that I use every ounce of everything that comes my way. And, you know, like I said, it's easier said than done. And there are times where, it, you know, during this pandemic, I see how people go crazy. Cause it's like five minutes, five minutes every day where you halfway go crazy. Mm-hmm. Where you just like, <sighs> and then you're all right. You know what I'm saying? You got to <laughs> just, you know, you might have to yell or scream, whatever, but then you're all right. And then, I think I, you know, I thought I had a good, but I, I'm always going to hustle. I was hustling during the pandemic. I was going to the gym during the, because we really didn't close down. We closed down for like three weeks. Yeah. And I just, I just prepared. I was like, I basically was in the gym with a hazmat suit. I'm like, you can go <laughs> do your thing. You just got to be careful. Like I yeah. would have, I had cotton gloves, right? And then I would spray the cotton gloves down. So everything I touched had disinfectant on it. And I know I wasn't going to touch my face and then wear a mask. And then wear everything long sleeve, two layers, and sure. then go bust it out. All I need is a half hour in the gym. I'm not trying to be there all day. That's not my job. I just <laughs> need to go to the gym, right? And I got through this, took my shot, first shot last month, just finished my last shot last week. Okay. Now I'm vaccinated, and we got a show on the 5th, right? So I could I could relax, but I got too much to live for. And I care about other people, so... You do what you got. You do what you're supposed to do. And if you do right, this is one of the things. It's not about what you get out of it. It's about just do right. And it comes back to you. It comes back to you in the universe. You know what I'm saying? It's like it ain't ain't got nothing to do with freedom. It's just about doing right. Do right. And it comes back to you. You Treat people how you want to be treated. I try to help everybody. All these young artists and everything. They'll come to me and they say, DC, man, put me in the game. How How can I get put on, man? 
That's but like not everybody can do it too. You can't take everybody under your wing. No, no, but I do though. I do. You know why? Because I have a folder. I have a Google. I have a Google Drive, right? I've got a Google a folder on a Google Drive, right? And in that folder, there's a book and there's a video. So when they they say, "Man," I say, "I got you, man. Give me your email address." I said, "I want you to read this book." Or if you can't read or don't want to read, there's a video in there, and you can look at that video. Okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> I say you 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 can read that, right? And I can tell you that is not the answer that they were looking for. Mm. And ninety nine percent of the people do not call me back. But the one percent that does, it is inspiring because they don't understand it, but they did it anyway, right? So now they're coming to me for clarity because they really want to know. And I know that they read it because they're asking the right questions. And I'm like, look, this is how it works. Boom, 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 boom. And that book is a book on music publishing because that is the most important thing in anything you do in the music industry. And it ensures you read this book now and you understand music publishing. I've just ensured that you will never be taken advantage of. Right. And that's my responsibility to the world. Right. Because I went through, I was the Guinea pig for it. I signed the bad contract. I went through all that hell. You know what I'm saying? I'm giving you, the one thing you need to never get taken advantage of. And this cat, you know, he was a, he's an army. Um, he's in the army. He just got back from Afghanistan. He hit me up on a tag team phone. I, I answered it. He's like, man, I just want to rap, man. I just, I, I've been writing, I'll be writing lyrics, man. I wrote lyrics over there. I got good stuff. Boom, boom, boom. And I was like, do this. And he called me. He took him about a month. He hit me back. And, and I was like, okay, now the next thing. He was like, I was like, what's your lyrics like? And he's like, well, I'm still working on some stuff. Just a couple more months passed by. He sent me a couple songs, and they weren't the greatest songs, but I saw it, right? Mm-hmm. His lyrics was on point. And I was like, dude, you talking, you basically, you basically talking gangster rap in a real situation. You're exactly. talking war, you're talking war gangster rap because it was coming from his heart because he was getting all of that out. He was he was treating his post traumatic stress disorder, right? Sure. So I said, what you gotta do now is you have to start learning how you do to do your own production, and you know, and, I, and then he started. He got some production, got some songs, and then he was like, well, how do I get shows? And then I told him how to get shows, right? And then he called me. He was like, hey man, I'm gonna be in making. I got this little club. They want me to do some stuff, man. You gonna come down? I was like, no, nah, I ain't coming down. But I'm proud of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't have time to do that, but I'm proud of you because this is your journey, right? I don't, I'm not going to validate anything you do. I want to see what you're made of. I'm going to just I'm just going to be there for you and be support for you as you move along through this. Right. And there have been a couple people like that. I have, I have a girl, her boyfriend. She called me about a year ago and I sent her the same thing. Didn't hear from her. Right. And she recently hit me up. And she was like, I, I, I read it and it just confused the hell out of me. But I, I kind of get it now. I said, well, call me and we'll talk about it. I'll, I'll, I'll make you understand. I'll, you know, and you can help pe- you can help your people. At least you'll understand it. And you'll know when somebody come at you that you don't need to do that deal. You don't need to do that deal, baby. Man, but I could get put on. I could be a star. Mm-hmm. Baby, you don't need to do that deal. You're going to get taken advantage of. 
He's gonna make some money. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I mean? Because everybody, you know, back then it was like, I want to be a rock star, and I don't give a damn, and I'll go through it, and I probably wouldn't change it because I wouldn't be where I'm at today, and to be 54 years old and have the number one commercial in America, and one of the one of the, and people are talking about it's one of the greatest commercials of all time, which I dispute vigorously, but I I I I appreciate it. Because when you humble yourself, you elevate yourself and you elevate everything about you, right? So the fact that I'm not even buying into all that, I elevate myself. But, you know, and see, now I'm on a PR. Now I'm all PR, right? Now I'm, I got a list of every award for commercials. And I'm about to start campaigning and start submitting this commercial for every award. And I don't care if I win. All I want is the PR off of it. Oh, I want to put out press releases. That's all I want. And I go. got nominated and, and rock it like that. You know, Emmy's got, uh, uh, Emmy's does it. Uh, I didn't even know all the entities that do commercials have awards for it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I can say I was nominated for Emmy for commercials, dude. That's incredible. I write my own ticket. And see, this is the hustle. Mm-hmm. This is the hustle. You build these historical bricks. That can't be knocked down. They can't take them away from you. Mm-hmm. And you, something big is going to happen. I was on, I mean, I booked my first, I booked my first TV show about three weeks ago and was on set. It was only supposed to be a dead co-star and I did well. And it was a traumatizing experience because they threw, they gave me two extra pages. Like we need these pages. You need to learn these in an hour. I learned them because I'm professional. Mm-hmm. And then I had to learn how to be a barber on the fly because I'm in a room full of barbers. I have my little fake moves down. You know what I mean? Yeah, They're like, nah. They're like, hey, I never forget. I'll never forget this. The, the owners came, pulled me to the side. She said, baby, old black ladies on the barbershop. She said, baby, if they don't see you washing your hands before you cut somebody's hair on TV, they're going to be like, that's a nasty ass barber. <laughs> I don't want that on your head. Right. And then they just start giving me these little things. And I'm, because I mean, I have to get one person out of the chair. The scene, I'm Big Mike the Barber. I have to get one person out of the chair. Then bring another person on, prep them, put the little paper around them, put the smock around them. They're like, baby, if you don't spray down that smock, they're going to be like, that's a nasty-ass barber. <laughs> right? So I'm like, and then I, I'm learning, I basically learned how to be a barber in three takes because I was all, it was all on the fly. And I was like, well, and the director was like, you know, DC, you got to look like you're cutting his head. I was like, but he keeps moving. And then another barber was like, hey, this is how you do that. You put your hand on top of his head, and then you just do like that, and you just hold his head still. And then he can talk and move all he wants, but you got his head, right? Mm-hmm. It was. It just became art, right? And at the end of the day, I went to the director, and I said, man, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. This was a good experience for me. And he was like, what you talking about? And I was like, you know, I'm only doing the one day, so I just wanted to thank you because I'm like, you know, hope to work with you again. He's like, dude. We don't wrote you all into this script. You coming back for this, 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 and this, right? Yeah. So because of all the seeds I laid, because of all it's not just the acting classes and the, it's it's the PR, it's the hustle, it's the just the learning how things work and learning how to navigate and maneuver and take advantage of situations. And there was a situation where we all we all got the lines, but everybody didn't know their lines, right? Mm-hmm. And 
they were like, okay, we did rehearsal, and they were like, okay, break, we all gonna go to dinner for an hour. It's like, come on, DC, you're not gonna eat. And I'm like, mm-mm, I'm still run these lines, and I got my tape recorder that's saying it, and I'm up here running the lines. I'm sitting in a chair by in a barbershop by myself running the lines. But the key is to that is you make sure the right people see you hustle. Yeah. You ain't got to say, look what I did, everybody. You just make sure people see you hustle. They see me sitting there talking to myself, running these lines, getting it down, figuring things out. Yeah. It might have been the dude who sweeped the place, or it might have been the AD, or it might have been the you know director of photography, or it might have been the assistant director, or it might have been the producer. You don't know who's watching you, but I guarantee you, somebody went back and told the producer, hey, keep your eye on him because mm-hmm. right? He doing things that ain't nobody else doing. And that is the, you know, I try to impart that upon people yeah. whenever I talk. Because my goal for the rest of my life, man, and I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, is to talk to people and share my wisdom and my knowledge and my experiences and just put them on the game that I wish somebody had told me when I was a young man. Right. I was just going to ask you that because like, did you have someone like you when you were coming up? So let me tell you, I had my mother and my father. That's all you need. And they gave me, they gave me the greatest gift. Any parent can give their their children. They made, they worked my ass off. Right. Mm -hmm. I've been shucking peas and stemming collard greens since I was five years old. Mm. I've been washing windows. I had to wash clothes. I had to cut the grass. I had to cut the hedges. I had to cut the uh, uh, shovel the snow. I had to help my dad do oil changes. I had to help him paint the house. I had to help him. I had to. We had two plum trees. We had to pluck all the plums off of them and they get all the ones off the ground. We had to help my mom do the garden because she used to do a garden every year. And because of that, I do not fear work in any shape or form. Mm-hmm. I I gravitate to work. No. That's why I don't I don't really. Everybody's like, do you? En- uh, I enjoy the work, right? Mm-hmm. Let's get to it. You know, at eight I had a paper route, right? At thirteen, I'm working at Dolly Madison Ice Cream. At fourteen, I'm at the uh, I'm the AV director for. You know, University of Colorado campus in Denver. I'm the one pushing around all the TVs, making sure all the professors got the TVs and stuff like that in the room, made good money. Then I started working at the restaurants, PJ's Pasta. Then I'll go to school in California. I'm getting trained by head chefs at TJ at, at Tony Roma's Ribs. Like I'm I'm learning all these little trades, but it's nothing but work. I'm hustling at the same time, learning how to DJ, learning how to rap, learning how to sing, and becoming a man, right? And because I did, I I love to work. I'm gonna work till the wheels fall off. Period. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As, as long as God, God willing, I'm, I, that's why I go to the gym. I got way too much to do. Like everybody, you know, I want to be able to tell that story. Damn, DC started acting when he was 50. That's a great story, right? Because yeah. there's not too many people that are successful. They they'll tell you, well, you're, you're kind of starting too late. But then it's like. But for me in Atlanta, having this is perfect mm-hmm. because there's not a lot of people that look like me. Mm-hmm. If exactly. I was 22, then I'd have a whole bunch of competition. It'd be hard. 
but because I got this, and, 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 but it's hard for me now because everybody that does look like me been doing this for 30 years. Yeah. So you better come up. And that's another learn how to learn experience because what the pandemic has done, it has shifted the paradigm, right? There's a, a site called We Audition. And for the first two years of my acting career, I know I wasted a lot of time because it was it was time consuming because to do an audition, I would have to learn the script, go across town and let somebody shoot it. Then I'd be nervous in front of them, not have a good audition. And then I've been unpaid seventy dollars. Right. Then got to come back across town. So that's two hours out of my day, three hours out of my day. Sometimes you got two or three auditions. So I'm not going to do a couple of them because I can't just be running around like that. If you don't have nobody that lives with you or can do, and can read for you. And three years ago, all these platforms were kind of janky, right? Yeah. You know, they, they, you know, Skype was Skype is still janky, but Skype works. Right. But you got, you better know how it works. Right. Barely. You know what I mean? But, but everybody started with Skype. So that's why it's still relevant. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Zoom had to up their game. Everybody had to up their game. So this site, we auditioned what happened at the beginning of the pandemic, they made their platform tip top to where the person that was reading for to, to you from the other side didn't sound like they were coming in through a transistor radio. Right. <laughs> and they gave everybody instructions. Don't do an audition with somebody that's paying you. If you got the trains going in the background, you can't do that. Be, have be respectful of people's time and money because you're dealing We're all professionals here. Let's act like it. Right. Like they learned, they had their growing pains and they overcame them. And now <clears throat> I got back on because I was still trying to get people, I was still trying to find a way. You know, I'm building my rig. So I got my rig built. And the thing about the pandemic is that LA shut down, mm-hmm. New York is shut down. Mm-hmm. And all these actors and actresses and people in the industry don't have work. And this platform is a place where they can go and read for people who got auditions and charge. So they're going to make $25, $30 for an hour. And if you sit there and if you just leave your computer on all day, it is a distinctive ring. And if you're home all day and that thing rings, that's another potential little bit of money you're going to make. And now I have about 10 solid actresses and actors that when I need to do an audition, I'm working with Broadway actors, people who've been doing Broadway all their life, people who have been to Juilliard, people who have been to L.A., people who are in the theater, people who are in commercials. I got a couple people in Australia. I got a couple people in London because at 5 o'clock in the morning, if I got to have it done by 9, I need somebody. They're all up in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. So I can rehearse with them because they all have accents. So if I got a black dude that I'm playing... And I got to be across from me and there's a dude with a Scottish accent. I can't work. I can't do that. But I can rehearse with them because they're classically trained. So now I'm being trained and I'm working out. I've got workout partners who are top notch, you know, caliber actors and actresses. And then I'm me. Right. And they see who they don't even know who I am. And then when they find out who I am, it's it's. They can't believe it because we've been working together all this time and they don't even know who I am, right? Because the music industry doesn't know I act and the acting side doesn't know I'm whoop there it is. And I love it. It's not that way anymore, but I loved it when it was like that because P 
people gave me what I got on the strength of my, you know, my work. You know, me putting in that work. I don't want nobody to just give me something. I want you to see what I did and be like, I got to have him. Because that's how you get paid. Right? Exactly. You know, and, and the only way to do that is put your that's why, you know, a lot of actors are like, Man, I can't stand social media because you think social media is about attention. Right? People yeah. think social because it is. Social media is about people who do good in social media will do anything for attention, right? Not everybody. Anything. Anything, but a lot, but most, but see, that's the conception, right? Mm. And I'd be like, you guys are tripping. I said, social media is a stealth operation. Mm. Social media is a way to get in front, in front of somebody mm. in a stealth manner where they can see you, right? Yeah. There's a casting director out there. You don't just email and bombard them directly. You, you, I'm not saying stalk, but you get in the circles that they get in mm-hmm. and you'll see them like same, like with clubhouse. Now I can't even get on clubhouse now because everybody wants me in their clubhouse and mm-hmm. they want me to talk and I don't have time. Right. But after, I've been in clubhouse since the beginning and clubhouse. When I'm talking to you, like I'm talking to you mm-hmm. and I'm talking in these acting rooms and all it, cause in these actors, the beauty of clubhouse is that people can be themselves and just have a conversation. So it might be a producer that produces movie, 10 movies a year and they're big in the game, but they can be a regular person because nobody really knows who they are. And yeah. you can't just be asking them. You can't just get to them. So they have they have conversations with their friends that are in the industry and everybody's just talking. And then somebody sees me. That's the guy from the Geico commercial. Let him in. And they're like, DC, it's good to have you in. You know, tell us about this and that. And well, what's your approach as an actor? And then people start asking me questions. Mm-hmm. And then I start spitting that game. I'm like, look, just, you know, if y'all ain't ready, it's your fault. I said, I use a site called We Audition. I'm on there three, four hours a day. I'm training four, five hours a day. Mm. If you ain't doing that, you're playing. Yeah. They asking questions like, well, if the, what if the, the casting director, should I dye my hair brown or black and this and that? And that's why I can't be on no more because they asking the same stupid ass questions I used to ask three years ago. <laughs> right? Beginners. And, yeah, yeah. And, and I understand. And like there was a girl, one, one little girl on there, she was all depressed. I'm not booking and like she was about to kill herself. And mm. they were like, they were like babying her and shit. And I was just like, I was like, hey, I was like, what you just did. All that extra, all all that emotion and stuff. If that was an audition, I would have booked you. I was mm-hmm. like, you know what to do. I said, you you need to call me, call me outside of this, so I put you on game. I said, I get you whatever you need. I can get you what you need, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of my actresses on uh, we audition. I, I'm like, look, I want you in New York. You can you can train with them. Go take that class for me. I'll pay for it. But go take the class for me, then we can discuss it. Because I've been to so many classes, I kind of know. But there's always those little nuggets extra that you do know. But then I don't got to go to class, and I can still get the best of it, right? I can get the, I can figure out what they're doing and what I can add to my game. But I'm helping somebody else too, right? Exactly. So yeah. this girl called me, and she was just all over the place. And I was like, look, man, like if you don't put these reps in, you ain't gonna never be, you ain't gonna never book. I said it's about the reps. Mm-hmm. Right. 
It's with anything. You're not gonna your biceps are not gonna get bigger if you don't put them reps in. Your 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 quads are not gonna the reps. Yeah. You gotta put in so many reps that it becomes natural. And I can't wait to get auditions. I can I could turn the audition around in three, four hours now. I've I had a I had an eight, it was about seven pages last week. And it's gotten to the point now where because the hierarchy is Here's how it works. You have the producer, then you have the director. They decide on how they're going to do this movie. Then they pick a casting director. The casting director puts out a, a call for everybody. Okay, this is what it is. These are the parts. And then the booking, the, the talent agents submit to the casting director. It might be 3,000 people that they submit, and then the casting director looks through all the pictures. So that's why having good headshots is important. Because if you can create the narrative through your headshot, you're going to get picked all the time. So I do headshots four or five times a year. You got some beautiful headshots. I've seen some. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like like you, you see a character in every single headshot, right? Yeah. But oh. I'm not wearing a doctor smock or I'm not wearing, you know what I mean? I'm not being, I'm not being a caricature. I am, I, you're, you're seeing three or four different things that I could go out for. Mm. I could be the dad. I could be the doctor. I could be this. I could be that, yeah. right? A headshot does that. Headshot gets you in the game, right? It's almost like draft picks. They look at the stats. Your headshot, that's a good-looking headshot. Pull them in. We'll see them. They whittle down 3,000. Yeah, they they whittle down 3,000 to 100 to audition. Mm -hmm. Then people, 100 people do auditions, and then they whittle it down to four or five, and then maybe two, and then they pick, right? But me doing that over the years, I'm at the point now where casting's like, they see, we want you for this. Like when casting, when you don't have to submit, or the, the agent doesn't have to submit, and the casting director calls the agent, be like, we want to see DC for this and that and that. From the casting director, you have achieved something that not too many people can do. You yeah. are on your way because the casting director trusts you. Mm-hmm. It's just about. Are you too tall for your co-star? Are you too big for your co-star? Are you too black for your co-star? Are you too loud? Is she too this? Is she too that? Does she look like my ex-wife? Does he look like my ex-husband? Right? It's those little things like that. That's right? how petty they can be. Yeah, that, that's how. But that's that's life, right? Oh, All, yeah. But you did your you did your thing because you made sure your headshots was on point. You made sure that your reel is tight. You made sure that you constantly putting in the work. So when you do these auditions, some are, some are gonna be. All of them are going to be good. Mm-hmm. I booked that TV show because of one of my actresses on We Audition. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, they gave it to me at 12 o'clock. I got to have it in five, man. I don't feel like doing this, man. I ain't going to do it. She was like, boy, do that damn audition. Sound just like a mama. Boy, is you, is you crazy? Sometimes you need that kick in the ass. Yeah, but that's why I love that. See, you see what I'm saying? We help each other. Exactly. We help each other. Fun. You know what I mean? I help them because they see... They they're inspired by my work ethic because I'm doing five auditions a day. I might call them in the morning, in the middle of the night, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, do you got another audition and another and another? Yeah. And they just we all help each other. We're a community, right? Beautiful. It's beautiful. And I'm trying to tell people this, and people are like, man, well, I like to go go and be in the room with people and this, and I need my coach. And I'm like. Phew. Mm-hmm. 
you know who I am. You you know what I do. You've been in class with me. You see my work ethic. You know I hustle. You see how the the the, the coaches react to me. Mm-hmm. Why would I tell you something wrong, right? Yeah. And then I'm like, you give me every excuse why you shouldn't, but you haven't given me one excuse why you should. Mm-hmm. When I hit him with that, pfft, next thing you know, I see him on We Audition, and now I see him making money. Mm-hmm. It's not about doing an audition. You can actually make money. And if you're reading for somebody, that means you got to break down a script real quick. And you got to be on the other side of it so you can give that person your money's worth by giving them a good audition. And if you become a good reader, you're going to make money because everybody wants you because you're the best reader. Mm-hmm. Hustle. You, you know what's incredible about this is like just hearing you putting in all this work and, and just your work ethic. Like I wouldn't think you would even have to have any work ethic. Like just play that damn song and it's like, oh, you're hired because of who you are and where you've done uh, it. Man. No, 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 no. You can never do that. Think about it, man. Think about it. How many dudes, I know you've seen them, mm-hmm. who run up on a woman and she's like, man, get away from me. And he'd and he be like, bitch, you know who I am? <laughs> you've seen people do that in some oh, shape or form, yeah. right? I learned very early age at the clubs because I worked at Magic City, one of the most renowned strip clubs in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's almost unfair because I learned what not to do, right? I know what women hate, and they hate that more than anything. Mm-hmm. And I watch artists come in and treat everybody like crap and expect things because of who they are, right? Yeah. And I vowed to never be that way, and I haven't. So for me, there, these things that I do, there's no way around it. There's no way over it, no way under it. The only way to it is through it. Yeah. Oh, so you got it. You have to do the work. And I'm not scared of work. That's why I don't I never use Woomp. Nobody would ever know that I did Woomp. There it is. They would never know because I don't carry myself like that. Mm-hmm. I can't. We, we don't we don't we go in and get our stuff and come out. People mm-hmm. don't even know we stand in on stage like, OK, where's tag team at right here. And then I start bellowing. Like, and then they know that there he is. <laughs> I dropped this voice on their ass. They know who I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course. But, that, but I get to live my life. I get to go anywhere I want to go. I get to be anonymous, man. That's the both worlds. I get, I get my privacy, right? I don't yeah. want. I don't got. I've been a DJ all my life. I've been a star. I was a star at a young age. I don't give a damn about being no star, mm-hmm. right? I don't, I, I work at a strip club. Women is just not even a factor. That has been my fountain of youth for thirty years. I I retired in two thousand fifteen. And it was my fountain of youth. And I swear to you, in three months, I turned into an old dude. Like, <laughs> instant. Also, the grades were kicking in. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just instant because I knew all the young kids knew. I was I could adapt, right? But it was getting hard to fight off the young DJs and young, you know, because they were ignorant about it. And my style was not conducive to the amount of effort I would have to make to keep winning for the money that I was getting because back in the day I used to be the only DJ in the night. But now they got three, four DJs in the night and they pay them $100 a piece. I used to make $1,000 a night DJing, <laughs> right? Plus I sold mixtapes. I sell food, hand fans, whatever I could sell. I'm a hustler. Oh, yeah, I got six hustles. I'm doing the radio spots. I'm getting paid for that. I'm getting paid for the lights. I'm getting paid to do the marketing. I'm getting paid to cut the TV commercials. I'm getting paid to do the video editing. They got a full full media company messing with me. You make yourself invaluable. The only way to do that is to learn how to do all these things. Then, right, then you can outsource stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Like I don't cut out. I don't cut out pictures no more. I got a guy in Bangladesh that does it. Mm-hmm. I send him a hundred pictures. I said I need to cut out. I need a PNG background, transparent background, so I can make art. He does it. Cost me a hundred bucks. I it would have took me weeks to do that. There you go. You, there you go. But I had to learn how to do it to teach somebody to do it for me. Mm-hmm. So now anything I do, I can if I need extra hands, I could teach somebody how to do it for me. And then the one who really wants that money, because I'm sure if you live in in third world countries like that and you got a good computer connection, you get money mm-hmm. because you can do things for people. And if you can learn how to do something and, so, and, and I, what I do is I make a video for people to where even if they can't understand English, they can look at the video and see it mm-hmm. and figure it out, write it down in their language. And then they come back. Now, some they're you know the first is gonna take some. They're, they're gonna mess up, but you can't you can't get discouraged and be like, man, they didn't even do it right. I quit. No, no, no. You gotta teach them and nourish them. Anybody you trying to train ain't gonna do it right the first time. Are you getting mad with them? No, you are getting mad at them because you're like they're so dumb because they're foreign that they're not gonna ever learn, right? And it's like you can't make that mistake. You can't fall into that. And everybody, I give another chance. Like I got a cat now. I, I, I told him how to do it. I said, it's very important you follow these directions. That's why you have to, when you do a pitch and you're looking for people, you have to do it. And then you say at the end, uh, I always go, if you read this and understand this whole email, type in, whoop, there it is in the response. Mm-hmm. Maybe two out of 10 do it. That's mm-hmm. who you pick. The ones who do that, those are the ones that you start working with. Attention to detail right there. Attention to detail. And I learned, you know, I learned these from mentors. You know, these mentors taught me. I I, I study, right? I figure, and, and it's not about just reading a whole book. It's just about running through it, knowing that that book has a certain piece of information in it for you. Taking that inf- information, you might not read the whole book, but you got to get that information and you can come back to it later, right? Yeah. And like I said, I used to, man, I used to work, go to New York, train for voiceover, then go to L.A. and train. And then come back and go to work again, right? I put in work, man, because I, you know, I'm just tenacious like that. So, you know, I love doing what I'm doing now. This is work, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting here doing a podcast, spitting game. But mm-hmm. there's somebody on the other side that's listening to this, that's going or gonna listen to this, saying, "What the for real?" Because master class right here for somebody aspiring to do something. Yeah, it, it, that's how that's how that's how everything I do is. It's like okay, I, and and look, look. Let me tell you something, man. I am no master. I am no, but I know how to tell a story, and I know I've got experiences, and I've got experiences that are just regular to me, but to everybody else are like, dude, what was it like doing this, and what was it like doing that? People live vicariously through me. Because I am who I am, and I understand that. But my father always kept my ego in check. He told me from the beginning, he's like, son, he's like, it's good that you're blowing up. But he said, don't let that be the thing that drives you. Because it'll be the thing that destroys you, right? Great advice. And, and even even when I was in the strip clubs, you know, because they, they didn't pay all the college tuition for me to be uh, you know, making a whole bunch of money working as a DJ in a strip club, but that's what happened. And it's the best. It, 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 I was making money hand over fist, right? And I knew it was the industry. That's what I wanted to do, right? I wanted to be, I wanted to be a rock star, man. And what better way to be rock star than be a good DJ 
in a strip club with a hundred beautiful women butt naked walking all around you that love you. What else is there? Oof. Right? And the thing about the strip club that what it did for me is it liberated me as a man six months in because sex was not the most important thing no more. I wasn't chasing anymore, right? And my eyes were always open. And everybody's like, man, I know you be messing with all them girls. I was like, that's my money. It's like, you mess with one girl, you got 10 girls that's going to hate that you messing with her. You messing up your money. Mm-hmm. You can't get high on your own supply. Got right? that. And if I did mess with somebody, nobody knew about it. Mm-hmm. She didn't come to work that often. We wasn't lovey. Nobody knew we was together. And anything outside the club, we had our fun and we was we was kicking it. But inside that club, nobody knew nothing. Nobody knows my business to this day and the stuff that I did in them clubs because that was my money, right? You don't mess your money up like that, but everybody else, man, DJs are so messy, man, and they just don't last. They don't make money. Half half the girls in the club hate them, right? Mm -hmm. There ain't nobody hate me. They hate me because if they're girls that hate me, they hate me because I told them the truth because I was harsh with them. You come with your hair looking all I'm going to embarrass you. Because I got this microphone. I'm like, what the hell is you thinking coming walking in here with your hair looking like that in front of everybody? Right? I was subtle with it too, right? So that, it liberated me as a man, but it also taught me about women, mm-hmm. taught me about men. And I'm in, you know, and, and I'm proud. And I'm mm-hmm. talking to my father and I'm like, dad, man, I'm just, you know, I'm doing it. I'm, 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 I'm the man. And he's like, you know, I'm smarter than everybody. My intellect is superior. I'm this, I'm that. And he's like, boy, he said, of course you're going to be in a den full of fools. Mm. And he slapped me down, just like, Psh. and I, and it stuck, right? My father, you know, my father passed away about a year ago. And yeah. it was the most, it was the most joyous occasion ever because he lived a good life. Yeah. He had some ailments, but he didn't suffer. And, you know, maybe about, the last, you know, on the last leg when he was in the hospital, we had a big meeting, and he was like, you know, the doc- doctors were like, well, let's, you know, we he he should be able to come back, but he was like, look, doc, I only got one problem. He said, my damn sons won't let me die, because sometimes people just be ready to go, right? Because all his, he, he outlived all his friends, yeah. right? And then he kind of he became blind, and then my mother has Alzheimer's, so. He couldn't take care of her no more. And that guilt right there probably is just the person that you love the most. You can't take care of your girl no more. And then your girl ain't your girl. She's a shell of herself. You know, that's that's a hard thing to deal with. So they're like, well, might want us to, you know, we got some hospice places you can go to. And I was like, we ain't taking him to hospice. We're going to take him. We're going to take him back home. We're going to bring hospice to him and we're going to ball for the last. You're going to ball till we have. And I was like, watch, you're going to trick us. And get better, and that's and it looked like he was right, but then, uh-huh. and I knew this man. He he passed away in his own bed, in his own house, on his eighty second birthday. Mm. Ain't no better way to go, surrounded by the people you love. And for me to want something more, and before COVID, so for oh. me to want anything more, I'd be being greedy. And it it was just a celebration, man. It was a party, man. We were, man. It was, it was, it was no sadness, really, right? His friends, they were, they were kind of tore up, but I don't think, I don't think I was, you know, why? Because I knew that it was up to me to get everybody straight, right? So what I did, the only, I I went to Denver and I went in my basement 
And I went through all those albums and I put together, the, I had to put together everything for the funeral, right? Because everybody was just dropping the ball. All the, the church was dropping. Everybody was just, everything was janky. I was like, I told my brother, I said, I got all of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, but I got to go back to Atlanta so I could be on my stuff, right? And, you know, I made a, I went through all those albums and made a, a presentation, like a, a slideshow from him being born to his last days, right? Mm-hmm. And played it at the wake. You know, usually wakes are just like, you somber. know, you just somber because there's a dead body in the room and everybody's just like, damn, this is yeah. messed up. But man, everybody came and everybody was trying to be somber. And I'm just like, y'all about to, y'all don't even know what's about to happen up in here. <laughs> and I started that slideshow. And when I tell you, that was like a club. Because it kept everybody on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And all his friends and all the people who came to Wake stayed. And that whole little chapel was packed. And they just kept looking at that over and over, just having memories. And it was it turned into a celebration. It turned into the club. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to kick everybody out. And everybody didn't even realize that my father was dead laying there, right? It wasn't even like that. People were going to see, so you should see this shit. You know what I mean? It was like, it was <laughs> yeah. great. It was beautiful. It was one of the most beautiful things i ever seen, man. That's why, you know, my sadness, when I, I go back to what I was telling you, you take things and you use it. All my sadness that I get from my father not being here. I, you know, I miss my father. True. Of course. But any sadness that I get from that gets used for acting. Mm-hmm. That's how I channel that. I'm not trying to be boohoo. I, I, you know, because he he taught me keep it moving. My mother taught me about death. She she prepared me for death better than she's like. Look, it's a part of life. You mourn and you keep it moving. Mm-hmm. It's a part of life. Okay, just accept that it's a part of life and it's gonna happen. Keep it moving. You know, you just hope that it's not tragic. You just hope that it's not too soon. You just hope that you know. It's in a way it's always hurts, but you just got to get through it mm-hmm. because it's a part of life, man. There's nothing you can do about it. Avoid it. Like they say, it's undefeated. Death is undefeated, right? So, yeah. you know, like I said, the most, but the biggest gift is that he didn't have to go through COVID because I know the nurses would have got him sick because my mother had it and she was in the my memory facility and she beat his ass. You know, she just lost her taste and smell, so she lost some weight. Because if you got Alzheimer's, those are the senses. You depend on them senses, right? Yeah. And she lost a lot of weight, but and she had a longer than usual, but she's straight now, and she just, you know, everything's good. And I know that my father and the Lord is shining on me, period. So the year I've had since yeah. he's been gone, the year I've had since he's been gone, man, I know they're shining. I know that he is still taking care of his son, like he did and when he was a kid and that he 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 is the essence of that of that scoop there it is commercial when we used to make ice cream when we were in the driveway when we were kids and turn and churn and he put the eggs and the vanilla and and the sugar and we had ice cream for real mm. that was the essence of that commercial everything he taught me you know that's the beauty of life is that our relationship nothing was left unsaid nothing was left undone he taught me everything he could teach me you see, my father was a scholar. He, he had a doctorate degree. He was one of the first uh, deans of the University of Colorado. He started the Black the Ethnic Studies Department. He got thousands of people through school because he knew how to work financial aid. 
So if somebody wanted to go to school, they could he could be like, go over to that office, you talk to that person, they'll get you in. And he's educated so many people, and he educated me, right? But you know, and I am forever grateful. I, you know, people ask me, you know, you know, a lot of people think we come from the mean streets. Yeah, we come from the mean streets. We come from the streets, but sh- I've never not known love, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a difference, right? And we used to play. We used to ride our bikes everywhere. We used to go fishing. We used to do everything. You know, now kids get snatched up doing that, right? Oh, my goodness. They, yeah. did, but they did back then, too. Just wasn't no internet or no Amber Alerts or nothing no like that. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, you know, nobody knew about it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but now, you know, I, so I, I, I know how blessed I am, and it is my responsibility. And it's also my gift. Be able to sit here and talk like this, and somebody gets some, gets something from it. It mm-hmm. cost me nothing to do this. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I just want. I just want. You know, I like my acting coach, Crystal Carson. She said, she cussed us out. She's like, you guys don't even understand why we're here. Training. She said, you're not here to be actors. You're here to change the world. One role can change the world. Everybody has a role in their life that changes them. You know what I mean? Like. People can't tell me when Darth Vader was like, I am your father. Didn't change them, mm-hmm. right? Little things like that, mm-hmm. acting, mm-hmm. right? The yeah. voice of James Earl Jones being Darth Vader all our lives. Mm-hmm. That means something. You see what I'm saying? That means something. So it's like, I know what I, I know what this commercial does. You go on, You go to any social network now, type in Scoop, there it is, and you're going to see babies, dogs, elderly people, people, families jumping around, trying not to be embarrassed themselves, but they can't help it because they love it so much. And whenever you say, I listened to it a thousand times and I'm still not tired of it, I, I can't, there's not, there's, there's not, a, there's not a, a barometer for that. Like, mm-hmm. and another part of my hustle, like I said, with the value add, yeah. I went and got the statistics from, you know, I went to, Nielsen, right? Like, who? What artist does that? No, See, no. Artists, la- artists are lazy. They they expect their manager to do it, and the manager expects the record company. To do it. I was like, Mm-mm, I'm doing everything. I don't give a damn. I want it all. Mm-hmm. I want to know it all, right? I want to. I want to be versed in all of it. So, I mean, I, I'm my own bookkeeper. I'm my own corporation. I it took me years to learn how to use QuickBooks, but I know where every dollar goes. I know how to invest my money right. I know how to put it in all them little buckets. I know when I'm spending too much money. I know when I got to go back and do my books. I can squeeze. I can live on very little. I don't need. I don't need no cars, no trucks, no jewelry. I don't need none of that. Mm. I'm happy, right? I'm happy. I don't need anything. I'm good. All I need is the hustle. That's all I need is the hustle, man. All I need is new challenges, and I need hard challenges because they require my maximum effort, mm. right? And when I get my maximum effort, things usually turn out. And then that's just another thing that I've got some type of mastery over. And to have all these things, you know, they say jack of all trades, master of none. Hmm. Yeah, jack of all trades, master of a whole bunch of shit. You know what I'm saying? Because that's <laughs> what it takes, man. That's what it takes, for real. I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm cold with it. You know, now I'm not the greatest PR person. And I'm not the greatest at everything, but I know how to do what I need to do for me. I know how to get in front of people, and I don't. I don't quit. I don't quit, man. I don't. I am relentless. Right. You had that one vanity purchase though when he blew up with the you know with tag team in the very beginning. You had that one big vanity purchase, mm-hmm. you know, when you saw that first check come in. Even it was a stupid purchase. I got a Mercedes oh, Benz. Oh, right. 
Not stupid. But I, but I leased I leased the Mercedes Benz, but I didn't know I really was leasing it, right? <laughs> then I had like I got I gotta give it back. And it was like, oh man. And then I had to buy it again. It was like, dude, you're tripping. <laughs> you know, just but those 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 are the things that you those those are the mistakes everybody makes because they're looking at everybody else, right? And I'm telling people, talk to me if you don't know what to do. Because even if I don't know, I will get you courses where you can sit down and take a day and go through that course and you'll have a way better understanding about it than you did before. Or you can go to an organization. You can go to a a car dealership organization or a mortgage organization or anything that deals with cars and start talking to people about cars and and figure out how you got to do the thing you need to do to not get taken advantage of and get the best deal you can. Absolutely. It's very simple. It don't cost you anything to pick up the phone and talk to people, right? I, I tell people all the time, I was like, this is how I used to get jobs. I would look in the phone book and just start calling people. Hey, um, are you hiring? All right, you have any positions open? Okay, cool. Oh, and if you do that, I, I swear I might have got three in, three in. Yeah, man, I need somebody now. Come on over. Mm-hmm. Because you're you're playing the odds. You're, just, you're calling. You're calling everybody in your area. And somebody going, somebody just quit. Somebody just stole something and got fired. Somebody just did this. Somebody, somebody, they done, they done, they made the right move and their business has gotten bigger and they need more staff. There's always a job. You just have to be, it's, it's almost like, it's, it's like searching optimization. If I tell people when they like, what's that? I was like, okay, if you were a corporation, what would you type in? You got to reverse it, right? What would what would you type in if you were looking for you? I was looking. I would type in the word loser. Nah, <laughs> no. yeah, but you know what I'm saying. What would you type well, I, in, right? Yeah. So if you don't know what you type in, that's your first problem, right? Mm-hmm. Then if you do know what you type in and you type it in and there's nothing there, that's a bigger problem. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? You just you're looking in the mirror, and you're getting the answer that is true, not that you think you think is true. And you work to correct it. And now I'm about to build dcglenn.com. And because I built Tag Team back again, and because I did a press release that was banging, Mm. I got 300 do follow links directly toward Tag Team back again because I know SEO. And I knew how to fashion my press release in a way that everybody had instructions on how to put a do follow link in the article. And only use tag team. Don't use whoop. There it is. Don't you want one? You you brand use the brand. That's it. Mm. And then Google rewards you. Google rewards you for doing things right because when their spiders crawl through and they say, "Hey, he got his stuff together," he gets a thumbs up. Throw him up. Get put him in the game. Put him on the first page. I'm on the first page for a lot of stuff that I shouldn't be on the first page for, but that brings more people to you, right? Yeah. So it, it it works, man. But you know, I'm I'm a humble dude. I just love to spit game and talk to people and run my mouth. And now I'm getting tired. I'm about to go cook me something to eat because I'm hungry. And no. uh, you ain't got no more questions. You got some more questions? I got one really big one here. Now, do you think that bad experience that you had with that terrible contract made you the person who you are? And are you grateful for that? Yep. Very. Mm-hmm. Because. Think about it, man. Most people who go through that come old and bitter, yeah. right? How many cats you? I, I, I know when I do these podcasts, 
dudes be like, DC, man, why these kids mess up hip-hop like this? Why can't we go back to the 90s? Why, DC, why? And I'm like, man, first thing, you got to stop hating on young people for being young. Yeah. They don't know. How you how you expect somebody to do something and they don't know? Like, you're saying they should pay us homage because we're the, we're the forefathers of hip-hop and they should do this because... And I'm like, they weren't even born when we was doing hip-hop. So how are they going to know, right? Mm-hmm. And their form of hip-hop is the only form of hip-hop they know, so they're doing what they know. Do you know about theirs? Mm-hmm. That's the bigger question. I was like, I say, I say, I'll tell you what I do. I know everything that they do. But I'm not going to do what they do. But I know what they do, and I put it in my pocket. Just like I do all the emotions, I put it in my pocket. Because I got one thing they don't have. Experience. experience you combine that with experience put that ball together and roll it out knead that dough out and you got a nice loaf of bread you got something totally new that they can appreciate uh-huh. and you can appreciate if you take that approach and he's like yeah but they still should be paying us for-. i was like okay let me do, do, do it to tell you it this way you know you're a dj or you're an artist and when you was coming up was you trying to find chubby checker and was you trying to find marvin gay and all those cats and and were you trying to make music like them? No, you weren't trying to make music like them. Was you trying to get the approve their approval and pay homage to them? No, you weren't trying to pay homage to them because you weren't even born then. That was mm. your parents' time. That was a different time. That wasn't you. That was we we the beginning of hip hop. So why you expect anything different from these young kids? Mm. You you spending all your time on that negative energy and it's just keeping you down and you get more bitter and more bitter. And now your whole podcast is about being bitter with the and when, from people, and, and and it could be, but you know, hey man, mis- misery loves mm-hmm. company, and there are trollers out there because I could tell you out of the tens of thousands of responses I've got to this commercial, I know all the bad ones. On one hand, it's five, mm-hmm. right? And one was I can't believe this Geico commercial. This Geico commercial is racist. Like they need to take this off. He's just probably having a bad day or just ignorant as hell. And one girl is like, I don't care. This is racist. I'm like, she's ignorant was, as hell. That, like, everybody has the same expression on their face. How <laughs> did you get that from that? That's like, how, right? Yeah. And then, and then, uh, one one is like, man, tag team must have been really broke to do a Geico commercial. I'm like, okay, Peter Frampton did a Geico commercial. DJ yeah. Khaled did a cat Geico. Salt and Pepper, Boys the Men, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Ice T, Ice T been on Law and Order for twenty one years, right? The Who, right? Come on, yeah. Little Richard, they all did Geico commercials. And people right? would be surprised too because a lot of these big celebrities do commercials over in China that you would even like Brad Pitt hey, and hey, do like some of the commercials. I got old school artists calling me saying, "How do I get in touch with Geico? I want to do a Geico commercial." <laughs> exactly, right? And I was ta- and I was talking to the Martin Agency, and I was like, "Hey, man." um, you know, much for call call me, but they ain't. I, I can't. It ain't the right one. Like I'm not gonna go pitch them. You know what I'm saying? And there's another thing. You know, it, 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 what were we talking about? Let me finish this question that we you asked me about. Um, um, oh, the, oh, what, the, the, the the lawyers. I mean, the about your experience and and like if you felt that it made you the person you are today, and if you yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it. all of that, everything that you go through. Either you're gonna, you know, you're gonna embrace it 
and move on or are you going to fall and fold and be bitter? You know what I mean? And it's like, hey, you can be bitter and still keep it moving. Right. You know what I mean? You could do you could do multiples. You know, I get pissed off sometimes because, you know, somebody calls me and like we want to do a clothing line and then I can't do it because I got to go deal with some other people that I really don't need to deal with. And I know I'm going to be making money for somebody that I'm not making money. That's a hard pill to swallow. Right. But I've, you know, I just turned it into something else. Right. Because in the end, I still got one. There it is. That's what you always said. That is yeah, never- yeah, yeah. That's something I, I still got wound. There it is. So it's like, you know, and and it's crazy because those little negative comments for every one, I've got a hundred. That's like, dude. Let me tell you, man. I don't like when big companies use black people for commercials, but I'm so proud of you because there ain't no cooning, there ain't no stepping fetching, ain't no Jim Crowing. That's how we used to do it, right? It is so organic and authentic. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I I don't even understand why you would even think that. Like one was like, tag team, why did you sell out? I was like, so I sold out because Geico called me, want to give me a bunch of money, and I get to feed my family during the pandemic, and I sold out, right? That makes no sense. Makes no sense, and that's why I don't even deal with people. I, I, what I do is I send them to my friends, and my friends get way more upset than I do. They're like, "Man, let me give me that email. I'm gonna call that." I'm, gonna, I'm like, "No, we don't need to do. That's what they want you to do. That's, that's what trolling is. They love it. Yeah. They love misery. They want you to be miserable along with them, right? And 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 I don't even respond. And if I do respond, I'll be like, "Hey, I feel you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you for that input. I appreciate it. Peace." And I guarantee you, they're gonna be like, "You know what? I'm an idiot for what I said." That dude's a cool brother. You can change the narrative by how you respond to things. Yeah. That's why I say don't respond to your emotions right off the hand, offhand. Let them let them simmer, let them piss you off, but then put it in. Just keep it in and use it for something else. You know, that's exactly. all you got to do, man. And, and like I did the one I did before uh, a podcast earlier on yesterday, she was asking me questions. Like there was a. One was a husband and wife during the pandemic, and they can't, they're tired of each other now. And the other one was, How can I be more productive during the pandemic? And I was like, You got to ask yourself that question. You know, we got problems already, but I'm here to tell you, let me, let me just spit game to you. And I know I changed them. I know I changed those people because it's like, You need, you know, and, I'm, and I never say you need to. I was like, If I was you, all I can tell you is what I did during the pandemic, right? All I can tell you is what I I would do, right? And when they listen, it's like it's like all you gotta do is make a list, right? Just make a list because I, I have a list right here, and I'll get to going and hustling. And if I go off and start surfing and start talking to people and boom boom boom, and I'm like, wait 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 wait, dude, go back to that list and you start at the top and you do one thing and you finish it. You do the next thing and you finish it. Next thing you know, you don't finish half that list and you, right? That's how things get done. But you got to be able to see it because we, we get old. We can't remember all the stuff that we got to do. Oh, can't, I'm feeling it myself. You know what I mean? Like, I've been trying to get my vacuum cleaner to the truck. Like, put your vacuum cleaner in the truck so it'll be in the truck so you remember to take it to the shop. Right? Like, that's something yeah. you got to make yourself remember to do or three weeks, four weeks, two months. <laughs> Right. A whole pandemic. I've been trying to do that the whole pandemic. It ain't done it. 
I, I, I was just, you know, I, I wouldn't bought another one, but I like the old one, so I'm gonna get it fixed. All I need is a cord, but I just want to take it up there and say, fix it, man. Yeah. And it just, it's just crazy. So now, you know, so now, now the hard work begins because, you know, I'm cutting a whole bunch of, uh, uh, I'm cutting a whole bunch of uh, demos, right? Because I want to, when opportunities come my way, yeah. if I can't show a presentation or a PowerPoint presentation or any type of presentation where they're not like, let's go. Yep. It's my fault. Right. So yeah. if exactly. I'm trying to be, if I'm trying to be in, you know, in front of star Wars people, you better have good, good demos. Mm-hmm. You better have a good, you better have a good presentation because you can't depend on people's kids liking the commercial for you to get what you need. Right. Exactly. That, that's, that's the icing on the cake, but that is how, a lot of people's roles get found. Like, what do you think about this dude? This dude did the, you know, hey, honey, he, he he's in the scoop there. This commercial, she's like, you need to put him in your movie, put him <laughs> in your movie. And now you got you got the movie, right? You see what I'm saying? But you can't depend on that. So yeah. I put it. I choose to put in the work and do my due diligence and don't even think about it. I just keep it moving, man. Just mm-hmm. keep grinding, you know. And you know, I don't. I don't. I'm not come campaigning for all these awards to win an award i'm campaigning to put out press releases that's a smart move right my narrative that's a smart move i can say this is what i'm doing right now and this is what i hope to be doing such and such such and such and throw somebody name out there somebody gonna read that and go back and tell that person hey dc from tag team hollered at you but Hmm. you can circle if i get on ellen it's over right if i get on good morning america it's over right like if I if if I do just 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 bust this onslaught and just get on, just keep grinding. Mm-hmm. Somebody's gonna say you need to have him on your podcast, dude. That that dude, you know, I, I I did a podcast last week. Instantly got an art offer to speak at a motivation convention. Oh, okay. But I couldn't do it because we got you know I, I'm 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 focused on acting, so I don't want to you know. I'm being pitched now for a talk show. I'm being pitched now for a cooking show, right? Cooking show, okay. Yeah, because I cook. I, hey, I cook better than most people's mom. I've been like I said. I've been my parents had me cooking early. Yeah, I'm not a chef, but I've been trained by chefs. I know what to do. I know if I if I went to culinary school, it wouldn't take too long, right? And there's a show that I want to do that's never been done before, right? And it's just just a simple cooking show showing people how to cook. Showing people how showing people what I do, right? People, you know, if you're a chef, you're like, okay, you're a chef and you do this and do that, do that. But I want to show people when I do things, the reaction of people and how it makes them happy, right? And that's all you. It, 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 that's where that's where the magic is at, right? So, absolutely. You know, it's been a it's been a beautiful ride, and I'm not stopping. You, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something real quick, you know, and then I'm, I'm going to ask you one last question after I make this little statement here. But this interview has been probably my favorite one. And I've talked to a lot of different actors, um, actresses, adult entertainers, everybody. And I'm going to tell you something right now. This this one went in a far different direction than I thought. And that's why I love the podcasting genre. Because yeah. I was like, you know, I got all these questions about your music career and everything. But I'm like, you know, people know this already. They've heard you speak. Mm-hmm. It's been a master class of motivation. And I think in a time like this with the pandemic, people need to hear some positive news. So I thank you 
for coming yeah, here. Man. My audience yeah. to, me to hear something positive in their lives because they hear that's me. That's my job, man. I, I'm all positive, dude, because that's the only way. There, it's the only way to be. Think about it. Why? Yeah. Why would you want to be anywhere else? Or anywhere? You know, there's no other way to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you have your moments, but overall, I'm trying to get this money. And the way you get this money is you're gonna be on one side or the other. And I'm trying to be on positive, and and I stay ahead. I, I I just I I don't even have a chance to look at things. I just keep focused, moving forward. You cannot drive forward looking in the rearview mirror. I stay looking forward, and that's it. Just keep pushing. Just keep pushing, man. Please tell the people where they can find you, my good man. All right, so that goes back to SEO. Mm-hmm. Type in tag team, you're gonna find me. You type in DC Glenn, you're gonna find me. I love you type it. in Womp, there it is, you're gonna find me. Period. Mm. And all my all my um, you know social networks are consistent. DC Glenn ATL. Mm. Or tag team social networks are consistent. Tag team Womp. Simple. I love it. I love you it. know what I'm saying? People are like, okay, you want to go to Instagram, such and such, 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 then you want to go to this and such. I was like, they're not people are not gonna remember that. But people mm. know they can type in tag team and they're gonna find me. I love it short and sweet. DC, Simple, man. you're phenomenal, Simple. man. It must be something to sit there and turn on goddamn. You could turn on a UFC fight. You could turn on a movie. You could turn in a cartoon, The Simpsons, and you will hear that song. Yeah. And you created something that will last till the end of time. Yeah. You and because, I, you know why? Because people, forever. because people will always celebrate, will always party. There will always be weddings. There will always be bar mitzvahs. There will always be celebrations and gatherings. And people want to have fun. As long as fun exists, exists, that song ain't going nowhere. As long as there's a chance for you to win a game in a stadium, that song is going to exist. Right? (laughs) It's that simple. Right? Because, and that's how... If I were to make music again, I'm keeping all I'm keeping all the songs simple. I'm making them about the, the the greatest human emotions: love, money, uh, party, and winning, and Christmas. That's it. Sounds like a recipe for success to me, my. That's goodness. all. I'm, that's all I'm making songs about. Everything else, no, no, no. I'm this and I'm that. Nope, nope. It's all. Let's make songs about love and positivity, and nobody's doing it. But if you can do it in a way. That is lyrically sound and has a good and just if you could do it in a womp, there it is way, it's over. Cause man, nobody's doing nothing like that. And everything that everything since Womp There It Is has been up tempo. All them hits is up tempo, man. You know, people still may it's just in, in one shape or form, EDM or, you know what I mean, drum and bass or whatever. You know, all the big artists do the fast stuff. Black IP, the biggest artists in the hit, black IPs, right? Mm-hmm. Flow Rider, uh, Pitbull. All that stuff is up tempo, man. And they they make goo gobs of money traveling the world. Lady Gaga, everybody up tempo, dance music. And people don't even dance no more. But that's because there's a certain segment that don't dance no more. But overall, hey, you go down to Brazil, they dancing. You go mm-hmm. over in Europe, they dancing. Probably the month there it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in Brazil, they call it Hoot Tete Dead. That was probably the best place I've ever been, Rio de Janeiro. Oof. We went to Rio de Janeiro for a month. We were... We, we were we were performing in the jungles of the Amazon. We would go through, go on the side of mountains and through jungles, and go through a tunnel and come out, and it'd be a soccer stadium, and they'd have fifty speakers on one side and fifty on the other, and that was the most incredible bass I ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just a pleasure to be on a stage that had 
bass like that and hear our song going through it to where and all them kids all them brazilian kids were just going crazy like it was it was it was probably one of the best experiences of my life crazy man and all those beautiful brazilian women just throwing their panties on the stage at you don't even let me don't even get me started on that part because that part right there but But i'll tell you what man you got my wife dancing so much to that song all over again like it's the 90s all over again embarrassing my kids and everything man so give your family the best and 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 tell your family sprinkles oh goodness gracious thank you dc glenn i appreciate you you're a great guy all right man sir appreciate you man i'm out of here